I'm Paul Levinson, and welcome to Light On, Light Through, episode 116, Trump and the Media. Well, I've written some books about Trump and his relationship to the media, the threat he poses to our free press here in the United States. Probably the best known of those books is Fake News in Real Context, which goes into how Trump has turned the tables in effect on fake news and tried to paint legitimate news media like CNN and NBC as sources of fake news. I've talked a lot about that in my classes, given speeches about it around the country. But a few days ago, I was invited to be a guest on Fox Nation's Deep Dive. It's a 30-minute show, and it was me and my views about Trump and three other people, including the host, who, let's just say, they think far more highly of Donald Trump than I do. So this is an audio recording of what was a video, and still is a video. If you're interested in seeing the video, just do a search on Paul Levinson, my name, and Donald Trump on YouTube, and I'm sure the video will come right up. Or you can find a link to that video on the Light On, Light Through webpage, you get there by typing L-I-G-H-T-O-N, L-I-G-H-T-T-H-R-O-U-G-H dot com. So that's how you can watch the video if you're interested. But for now, here is the audio of the 30 minutes I spent on Deep Dive earlier this week. Fake news or real accountability? Is the American media covering President Donald Trump fairly? Welcome to Deep Dive. I'm James Freeman of the Wall Street Journal. Joining me today to discuss news in the age of Trump. Paul Levinson is professor of communications and media studies at Fordham University. He's the author of Fake News in Real Context. Amber Athey is White House correspondent for The Daily Caller, where she covers the press briefings, among other events. And Dr. Tom Coburn is a former two-term Republican U.S. Senator from Oklahoma and also a former member of the U.S. House of Representatives. He's now the Nick O'Neill Fellow at the Manhattan Institute. Uh, thanks you all for being here. And uh, we should note we call you doctor because you have delivered more than 4,000 babies. Yeah, great privilege. So you can actually do something, unlike many members of Congress. So I'll, I'll <laughs> skip the editorial for now, but uh, Professor... I don't uh, know that that was fair. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, uh, Dr. Coburn delivers them, uh, you help educate them, and uh, I'm wondering as you talk to students, as you study the Trump, the Trump presidency, you study the media coverage of it, do you see it as fundamentally fair? I think, I think most people would say it's, it's rough treatment, it's, it's tough coverage of the president. Do you think it's warranted? If anything, I think the press is too easygoing on Trump. Because, uh, first and foremost, there's not a day that goes by when he's not 
lying about something, making something up. I mean, all politicians lie. All people in <laughs> office lie. <laughs> now, yeah, with you, the present all, company exception, of course. All, all human beings lie. It's part of human nature. So that's not surprising that a president doesn't tell the truth. Sometimes, once in a while. But, you know, just yesterday I uh, heard again this nonsense from Trump about women who are bound and gagged uh, coming over the southern border. And, you know, the first time I heard Trump say that, I said to my wife, you know, that sounds familiar. It was in a movie. I couldn't remember the movie. And then last night there was a report that that comes from some scenes in Sicario, uh, which either Trump or some of his advisors saw. And yet he gets on television. And he talks about that as if it's a fact. So the press, if anything, are not reporting frequently enough on the extent to which this person in the White House lies. Let me, let me jump in there sure. because factually you're incorrect. There's such a thing as a ripe tree. They're all over our southern border where they bring women across the border, they rape them and hang their underwear Ugh. in the trees. It's a known fact, it's still occurring. And I don't know if Trump was referring to that or not, but the fact is, is women are taken tremendous advantage of if they're trying to come across the border to seek freedom and a better life. And so, you know, when we, when we say he's lying, I don't know how you can know he's lying because there in fact is great reports. I actually saw those trees as a senator when I traveled the border to look at the problem and they're all over the place. And the media likes to say that Trump lies when he does this classic Trumpian move, which is an exaggeration or hyperbole. So, for example, when he brought the Clemson national football team to the White House, he said, we had burgers stacked a mile high. Okay, the president didn't literally mean that they were stacked a mile high. And yet there was a report in the Washington Post that was a fact check of President Donald Trump saying that the so burgers were stacked a mile high. high. Well, well, this well, is uh, the, the larger yeah. issue there. I think yeah. it is worth... Uh, raising this point of the, you see a lot of media organizations have these lists of Trump's lies, and many of them are, uh, for example, are their misstatements. Uh, he, he had the wrong number on the Times he claimed to have been on the cover of Time magazine. I forget the right. numbers, it was right. 12 and he said it was 15 or something like this. I mean, have, have the press at times overdone it, given that, as you said, politicians, our, our previous president, promised we could all keep our health care plans. This is not, not new, presidents uh, making inaccurate statements. All right, well, first of all, hyperbole is usually not considered a lie. When it is people, in their fact Well, though. when people talk about lies, they usually mean making something up, which in fact did not happen. And, uh, you know, with all respect to, due respect to Dr. Coburn, I'd like to see that evidence that you're talking about. I, I don't d doubt if you saw something with your own eyes, but I actually did a little research on this. I couldn't find a single report from a reputable news organization documenting what Trump was saying. And he had, like, details. The paint was blue. I mean, it, he and, that, and there were scenes from that movie which were exactly what Trump was talking about. So I don't doubt that he yeah. cross-references. Yeah. But the fact but, is, you know, I'm either a liar or not a liar when uh, we're having this conversation. Myself and several other congressmen and senators experienced this, saw it. We, we rode on jeeps. We rode on horseback. We took helicopters. I saw hundreds of trees where that was the case. And we had reports from the Border Patrol saying some of these women died as a result of that. 
So, so the fact is, is I don't know what he was referencing because I didn't hear what he said. Okay. But we should not undermine the fact that a lot of women are taken advantage of trying to come to freedom by the mules and others that are out there who are known criminals and gang members who are actual ferrying people across and take advantage of them as they come across. Well, I think it's, it's fair to say that, uh, that many news organizations have noted many bad things that have happened in these caravans, whether the, mm -hmm. the paint color was correct. I, I, right. I don't think that part is in dispute. I, um, I guess I'm wondering in a, in a broader sense, is it, do you think maybe the press doesn't give the president enough credit for, like the agenda or not, sticking with the agenda he campaigned on in 2016? I mean, well, is, is that a, a sort of yeah. more a foundational honesty yeah. that he doesn't get credit for? Well, a part of the problem is before Trump even was inaugurated, he had an exchange with Jim Acosta. It was a press conference, January 15th, whatever the date was, 2017, uh, right after the election. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, things were just starting out then. I mean, Trump had received rough coverage during the actual uh, election and the campaign. But that would have been a time for sort of calming things down. And Jim Acosta raises his hand, wants to ask a question, and Trump's response is, you're CNN, you're fake news. I'm not going to answer your question. Mm -hmm. That was really the first salvo. So even if the press has overreacted, which I don't think they have all that much, by labeling an organization like CNN fake news, which, by the way, harkens back to Adolf Hitler and Joseph Goebbels, who termed the press in the Weimar Republic, which was the democracy that Hitler and the Nazis destroyed, they came up with this term, der Lugenpresse, which is German for the lying press. And then the Nazis proceeded to physically dismantle and destroy the free okay. press in isn't, Germany. Isn't so, the, but we're now yeah. two years into the Trump presidency. Yeah. Isn't the Nazi analogy just really completely over the top? I mean, wh where is the, the authoritarian excess that a lot of people feared? Well, I mean, you tell me. Uh, no, you me, tell me. Okay, All well, those critics that, well, in the press are thriving. Yes, they're I'm, not imprisoned. Yes. No, they're not in prison. But for example, saying to Jim Acosta much later, uh, after that exchange in the press conference a couple of months ago, that uh, you don't have press credentials anymore. That is the beginning. I don't think Trump has violated the First Amendment per se as yet. He's done nothing as serious as Richard Nixon did when he tried to stop the Washington Post and the New York Times from publishing the Pentagon Papers. So I'm a stickler for respecting the First Amendment, and I'd be the first to say Trump has not violated the First Amendment. But he's certainly making a lot of noise which is moving in that direction. And when you daily denounce the press as the fake press, and then you sort of say they're the enemy of the people, where does that come from? Joseph Stalin used that term. All right, it's now we're, we've gone from Hitler to Stalin. Yeah, I, well. Let's, uh, we've got a graphic just to remind people what the First Amendment says. Uh, Congress can make no law abridging freedom of the press uh, uh, is the heart of it in terms of what we're talking about now. Uh, this doesn't say, Amber, that uh, the government cannot criticize reporters. <laughs> it doesn't say that the president cannot 
uh, have a spirited argument with right. reporters. Yeah, I think it's fundamentally dishonest to compare the president's rhetoric to things that dictatorial regimes and authoritarian regimes did to silence the press. The press is in no way silenced in this administration, and if anything, some of what the president says about them actually bolsters them and their credibility among certain segments of the population. A lot of uh, cable networks have experienced rising ratings. CNN is one exception. MSNBC has done incredibly well under President Donald Trump. And in terms of the hard pass situation, that wasn't trying to silence Jim Acosta. He can still apply for a weekly pass at the White House like everybody else, like I have to do because I don't have a hard pass yet. And that was in response to a lack of decorum, which every person should have to have when they're in that office and respecting that office. Uh, doctor, uh, how do you... You know, I, you I, think, I, think, I think what we're talking about is the arrogance of Washington and the arrogance that comes with power. <clears throat> I had personal experience with reporters. I related that to you earlier. But I, I made it a habit. You wouldn't talk to them if they if, if they, they lied, <laughs> or or if they editorialized and quote their news article. Uh, uh, but I also every night when I went to bed at eleven o'clock, listened to the NPR. You know, I was on the floor. I listen, and then I'd hear a because report. you just believe in government-owned broadcasting. <laughs> no, I listened to it to see if what they said was accurate, and fifty percent of the time, what they said wasn't accurate. This is national public radio, okay. and that's do, my do you assessment think it's gotten... of what I heard. And and I'm no, I don't listen to NPR at night because I'm in bed a long time before that. Uh, but the, but here I think is the problem: is we no longer have respect for institutions. We don't have respect for the presidency because we don't like Donald Trump, quote unquote. We don't like his narcissism. We don't like some of the things he said. So therefore, we equate Donald Trump with the office of the president. And my problem, my big deal with Jim Acosta is he didn't offer anybody respect. All Not right, even that, the president. We, we want to, uh, uh, <coughs> uh, Professor. Say one quick thing. Okay, okay. then we're going to go to a clip oh, of uh, Acosta. Okay. okay. I, I just want to uh, address the point that you make and tie, made and tie this to what uh, Dr. Coburn uh, has said. So this point about we shouldn't be too concerned about statements that threaten the press, even though Trump has not actually pulled the trigger and arrested. Well, when you say me, let, okay, let me what do you mean when you say threaten? Well, when you basically say the press is fake news, they're enemies of the people, and maybe something should be done about it. Who said I that? think that's an implied threat. He did. He said this many times. Something so, should be but, done about it. Yes. Check the record. He has many times. But let me just ask uh, uh, Dr. Corbin this question. You, you're, you're a doctor. You're a medical doctor. If you see someone who's smoking three packs of cigarettes a day and or they're drinking, you know, a quart of scotch a day, you as an MD would be concerned because although the person might be perfectly healthy at that point, you see behavior that's dangerous to that person's body and health and well-being. That's what I see Trump's statements as. They're dangerous. He hasn't yet done anything. But that kind of talk is dangerous to a democracy. Well, I, I, well, I, 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 I mark that up to his narcissism. You know, if, if you look at the language uh, uh, explanation of all his words, you know, he always he comes back to two or three things. And, and let me tell you, I've been in 39 states in the last four years. The American people are sick of Washington, and they're sick of the reporters. They're even sick of Fox at times because Fox gets on the one side too hard than Not Fox. Back. Fox. <laughs> so, so the point is, I hear this. Okay, this mm -hmm. isn't Tom Coburn saying it. So the point is, is it, it's time to renew the spirit of journalism. 
Well, All right, I want to uh, I want to get back to this question of fake news, but first we're going to go to that uh, clip of uh, President Trump and CNN's Jim Acosta. This is not that in initial uh, press conference you mentioned, but uh, the more famous one recently uh, that uh, resulted in uh, Mr. Acosta's press credentials being yanked. Let's go ahead and show that one. I think you should let me run the country. You run CNN. All right. And if you did it well, your ratings well, let me would be ask, much better. If I, if I may okay, ask one enough. other question. Mr. President, if I may, if I may uh, ask Peter, one other ahead. question, are you worried? That's enough. That's Mr. enough. Mr. President, I, well, that's I was going to ask one of the other folks. That's had, enough. Pardon me, ma'am. Mr. President, me. that's enough. Mr. President, I had one other Peter, question, if I may ask, on, on the Russia investigation. Are you concerned that that you may have I'm not concerned about anything with the Russian investigation because it's a hoax. That's enough. Put down the mic. Okay, so I'm not sure uh, the sum of human knowledge was advanced by that uh, discussion there, but what preceded it was Mr. Acosta basically seizing the microphone or, or given his turn at the microphone, uh, rebutting what the president had just said, and incorrectly, I might add. He, he said, uh, Mr. Trump, this, uh, uh, this is not an invasion, although the caravan group had explicitly said we're going to cross the border illegally en masse. Uh, he made a number of statements that weren't so much questions as counterpoints to what Donald Trump was saying. I, first off, just sort of on, the, on a minor level, is there any privilege that Mr. Acosta enjoys? Does he deserve to be there in the White House asking the president questions at a press conference? No one is entitled to any privilege. However, CNN is one of the three major cable news operations, along with Fox and MSNBC. And it would be uh, appalling if CNN didn't have a representative at every news conference. And CNN chose to make Jim Acosta their person at that conference. So in that sense, although Jim Acosta personally was not entitled, I think CNN and the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, the major organizations are entitled to that. I, not, not that it's a crime to not have them there, but it's certainly something that's not consistent with giving the American people the fullest coverage that they could get. CNN has dozens of White House reporters. CNN has dozens of White House reporters, and if they wanted to be taken more seriously, then they would do well to put someone besides Jim Acosta, literally anyone else in that position, who is going to ask an information-seeking uh, question of the president rather than to argue with him or unleash a, a series of statements, which, as you noted, were not even accurate. He claimed that illegal immigrants were not going to be climbing the walls in San Diego. Pictures a week later showed them doing exactly that. Right. It was just a pure editorial moment for him to get in front of the TV camera, and there was no information-seeking uh, methods going on there at all. The, also, the, this question of fake news, uh, I mean, I think anybody would say we don't want fake news, right? We want to be informed. We want uh, actual facts uh, being disseminated. Um, there, is, there is a history with CNN. I don't want to label the whole network fake news, but uh, uh, they routinely hold panels of non-doctors issuing long-distance diagnoses on the president's mental condition. Okay, first of all, uh, there is a difference between deliberately making up a false story with an intent to deceive. There's a difference between that and, first of all, making a mistake 
all news organizations make mistakes. Again, all human beings make mistakes. That's why the New York Times has a, a little thing at the bottom of most of its front pages where it lists the errors that were made. They didn't deliberately make those errors, but human beings made errors. As far as doctors diagnosing long distance, I don't no, think non-doctors. Non-doctors. That's even worse. I, I don't think that's a, a good idea. I don't a agree with that. That should be condemned. But but that's not really fake news. That's basically people who really don't know what they're talking about, voicing an opinion. The new, fake news is alleging that this happened when in fact it did not happen. Like the and, fact and that uh, Anthony Scaramucci yeah. was under investigation yeah. by Robert Mueller, for yeah. example, which was a story that CNN published well, with again, two sources. Yes, but the, the, the question is, did they deliberately do that, that or is were a, they mistaken? And that is an important distinction, but I have yeah. to wonder, because all of these fake stories are going against the president, you don't see a story corrected that was favorable to the president. All of them go in one direction. You have to question if it's a result of reporters' innate biases that cause them to believe stories that they wish to be true, rather than following the facts. You know, I, 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 interesting, I talked to somebody who got their master's degree in journalism from Columbia, and uh, he was the only conservative in the class in his bachelor's degree and also in his master's degree. So political philosophy has a lot to do with what we're talking about. We seem to jump around that. <clears throat> but I'd go back to the, the fact that we're losing virtue in our country. Mm -hmm. Virtue is falling by the side. And so it's free for Jim Acosta to be irreverent, disrespectful, and try to make a name for himself at the expense of the president and everybody in the country who is a news organization covering that. I have to think there's some motivation behind that. And I think it's associated with no virtue or at least less than honorable virtue if, in fact, we want our kids to act that same way. Okay. Now, in response, though, I don't think you would say fake news enemies of the people. And to be fair to the president, he always says, I'm not talking about the whole news media. I'm saying purveyors of fake news are enemies of the people. Yeah. Is, is his rhetoric too harsh? Well, you know, I think a, the, people take Donald Trump with a grain of salt, whether they're his supporter or whether they're his diehard political enemy, because they recognize that he exaggerates, that he will go on a tangent. And so, the, you know, I think, I don't think he puts out fake news. I think sometimes he really exaggerates and then has to claw it back, but you never see much public clawing back of that. Uh, number two is I think the news media just flat don't like him and don't like the fact that he beat one of their darlings. I mean, you look at the comparison of editorials, pro-Hillary or non-pro-Hillary, versus pro-Trump, non-pro-Trump, and it's unbelievable the weighted towards Hillary that was in the media. Well, I, you, know, you, for, are, you don't dispute there's bias. I think in course. your view it's justified. Oh, absolutely, and in fact, I said years ago, why is Fox, uh, the cable of Fox News operation, wasting their time saying they're fair and balanced? They're not fair and balanced. Neither is NBC. Neither is the New York Times. That's a myth, this myth of being fair and balanced. There's bias in everything that we do. So, but that's not the problem.
the problem. No, I, I, I would I, say right. it's much more fair than their competitors. Yes. But well, go ahead. Okay. Or our competitors, I, I, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I'm not concerned about media that have a point of view, and that's an obvious point of view. People are adults, and even teenagers, they know what they're seeing. They can watch what they want and read what they want. What I'm concerned about is the labeling and undermining of media that Trump finds unwelcome in their news reports as not legitimate media. Because what that winds up doing is it weakens our democracy because it gives citizens fewer places where they can go. Let's say you see some kind of insane story on Twitter, which happens all too often, having nothing to do with Trump, just some nonsense, some psycho puts uh, you know, up a tweet about something that's total nonsense. So what do most reasonable people do? They look around at respected news sources and see whether or not they're saying the same thing. Okay, great, this guy didn't die. It was just some lunatic who was putting up some kind of fraudulent thing. What Trump does when he calls media enemies of the people and fake news. He calls fake news enemies, purveyors yeah. of fake news enemies yeah, of the people. Yeah, but those are the media. That, that's what he's, he's talking no, he, about with fake no, news. No, no, he, he, every time, yeah. he, I think yeah. just about every time he uses that phrase or every time he says, I'm talking about people who publish fake news or broadcast. Right. He's saying, that, I'm right. not saying yes. that's true of all journalists. That's right, but he says CNN, he has said point blank that CNN is fake news. That goes back to January 2017. He said NBC is even worse than CNN. He said that recently, but uh, since he assumed office, he's been saying NBC is fake news. The New York Times gets actually two labels. I guess they should be happy. They're the failing New York Times, and they're also fake news. And they're, the they're thriving in the age yeah, of well, Trump, as we've right. been discussing. So let, let me, let me yeah, interject so, one thing sure. in this. The real problem is writing editorials that are put forward as factual news. That's what I see as the big problem. And I see that in local papers. I see that in national papers. They take a position, and they're supposed to be reporting facts. And in fact, all through it, you see the opinion of the person that authored that and it's an editorial. It's not a fact-based piece of news. And that's where we've lost the profession of journalism and communications because what I was taught in my journalism class is nobody should ever know what I think when I write a news article. Okay, but beyond, I agree with you 100%. We'd like opinion to be labeled opinion and news to be labeled news, but uh, Amber, as you've pointed out, uh, there's also a fundamental problem here where there are a lot of mistakes particularly on this Trump-Russia story, that somehow always seem to go in one direction. Right, exactly. I mean, on CNN again, they published a story about Don Jr. and Trump Tower, uh, claiming that uh, Trump knew about the, tower, the meeting in advance. And then another story about Don Jr. and WikiLeaks claiming that he had advanced access to these stolen Democratic documents. There's the BuzzFeed News story claiming that Trump directed Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. All of these uh, stories come from two or fewer anonymous sources. Uh, we'll never ex uh, get an explanation as to how these news outlets got these stories wrong. Did their sources lie to them? Uh, did their sources just get the information wrong? Who were their sources? Characterize them for me because I want to know. And and yet all of these organizations, despite the president criticizing them, continue to be successful. They never have to be held accountable for publishing these false reports. Uh, so it just seems to me that the argument that the president is somehow undermining the press by criticizing them and calling fake news fake news is just silly. Well, first of all, they can be held accountable. They're not immune from 
lawsuits alleging libel or slander. And so but someone you know, for been, a president, well, that bar is so yeah, high. Right. They're, yes. they're basically immune from a suit from Trump. Yeah, but they're not immune, let's say, from a suit from Michael Flynn. Uh, and other people, they're not immune from a suit from Paul Manafort, who has threatened to sue the media but hasn't yet. And and so, apropos, no, even, uh, even Michael yeah, Flynn, but, once yeah. he, well, first of all, he ran the uh, the top intelligence right. uh, arm of the Defense Department. Once he becomes national security advisor, right. very briefly. He is a well-known public figure. He's in the public arena. Yeah. Again, the bar for him I know, winning. I know. And I'm not even, I'm not even advocating lawsuits. Yeah, I just but. think that the media outlets should have to explain to the American people why these mistakes keep happening and yeah. what they're going to do to prevent them in the yeah. future. And I don't see any self-reflection from the media. Instead, I see a woe-is-me attitude complaining about the fact that they get labeled a certain way because now, of a direct but, result of stories that they there, there is some accountability. You mentioned Michael Flynn. So 2017, ABC said, reported, big story, bombshell. Trump told Flynn to meet with the Russians before the election. It, was, it dominated media for, I think, 24 or 48 hours, and then we find out, oh, it was actually after the election when it was totally appropriate. Right. Now, some people did get fired from ABC, so there was a kind of accountability there. Right. But we've seen this pattern. Uh, Glenn Greenwald, writing at The Intercept, he's uh, no one's idea of a conservative. He goes through this long list of Trump-Russia story mistakes. Uh, you mentioned the CNN report uh, about uh, Michael Cohen. They said that uh, Cohen's lawyer uh, did not comment when, in fact, he was the source <laughs> for the story. I mean, I, right. but you, you don't want to throw around the term fake news, yes. but saying that someone didn't comment when they were your source? Well, again, I think it's extremely important to differentiate between deliberate deceit and mistakes. And it is wrong to call mistakes in the media fake news, because people make mistakes all the time. And by the way, that didn't begin with Trump. There were mistakes made in reporting about Obama. Uh, you just go back. I mean, there were so mistakes this, made okay, about George mistakes, Washington. mistakes, if they're all going in one direction yeah. on the Trump-Russia yeah. story, yeah. you think well, that's well-meaning people yeah. who just suffer from bias, or this is just a bizarre coincidence? Okay. Here's what I think about the Russia story. You mentioned BuzzFeed. And I don't know whether that story is true or not. BuzzFeed is standing by its sources and its story, so that's yet to be determined. But they're what standing they, by anonymous yeah, I know, claims right, of anonymous that, sources that, versus but, the actual source yeah. on the record saying it's oh, not true. Okay, and I, I was going to get to that. The reason that people doubt the BuzzFeed story is that Mueller comes out with a statement saying that's not true. So. Everyone now who thinks it was wrong for BuzzFeed to attack Trump like that suddenly respects Mueller. After day by day savagely criticizing Mueller, and what Mueller has done goes beyond the media. Mueller has gotten indictments. Mueller has gotten confessions. There are people going to jail because of Mueller's investigation. Unless we think our legal system and our judges are somehow in cahoots with the media, that seems to me to be pretty good evidence that what Mueller has been doing regarding his investigation of Trump and Russia and all of the people associated with Trump, he has uncovered some facts that have stood up in courts of law. But okay. nothing, nothing associated with the collusion with the Russians. What, what he's done is entrapment 
that any prosecutor can do if they bring those kind of sources on anybody. It's process crimes. Yeah. Well, I guess what, that's a question. If he to, goes no further, if he never gets that collusion link, yeah. you would have to say the American yes. media in general has completely overcovered this story by, that, by yeah. miles, right? Yes, but the reason why uh, people who lied were found guilty of that and are being indicted and sentenced to prison is they were lying about what the Trump campaign was doing you know vis-a-vis -vis WikiLeaks. No, but okay, I think it's so, a reasonable so, assumption. What okay, do you think they were lying about? That's my point. You didn't say this is my assumption. Yes, you yes, just stated as yes, fact right. that they were lying. Yeah, I'm not a reporter. I'm a professor, so I'm saying what I think is reasonable. I'm not claiming to have factually investigated any of these things right. any okay. more than you have. All that I know is what I read and see, and I try to do some research. Well, people so, are okay, we actually we need to wrap it up. We're going to give our our actual working reporter the last word here and then we gotta go. <laughs> Thank you. I, I just, in terms of the innate bias versus the malintentions, you just see so many stories in this Trump era that range from the silly to the serious, from the Russia collusion stories that are false to the, the silly stories about Trump dumping uh, too much food in for the goldfish in Japan. Uh, there's just so many errors, and I've documented this. I used to be a media reporter, so I've made lists of these fake news stories over and over again. Okay, well, this sounds like uh, <laughs> like a future segment, perhaps. Uh, Professor, uh, Ms. Athe, doctor, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks to you for joining us on Deep Dive on Fox Nation. Please come back tomorrow. Thanks. The Light on Light Through podcast. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little exchange. I did. And again, if you're interested in watching the video, just do a search on Paul Levinson, my name, and Donald Trump on YouTube, and it will come right up. And I'll be back here soon with another episode of Light On, Light Through. In the meantime, enjoy. Athens, 2042 AD. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. Curled up with a good book says, Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. Paul Levinson still code about an ancient biotech war raging on in secret for 